Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative people. And today my creative guest is somebody that I want to be when I grow up, even though he's decades younger than me. He's a dancer and choreographer named Lockie Brownlee. He's got a fun show coming up this Friday, the 18th, at Strut Nightclub in Costa Mesa. The show is called Brolesque, and it's sexy guys giving you, like, a gay burlesque kind of review. It's like if Flashdance were gay, which it kind of already is, but you get the idea. Like, it's like real dancers and doing cool choreography, sexy, lots of skin. That's right up my alley. I'm also a fan of his Instagram, and I've seen him dance in different tours. He's worked with Katy Perry. J-Lo, Taylor Swift, Britney Spears. Like, God, I, all, when I was growing up, all I wanted to be was like a backup dancer on a tour. I auditioned for some, like, we've talked about this, but that was like, oh, that would have been the best. Before I get to the interview, uh, I want to remind you that there are two ways you can listen to this podcast. You can go to uh, any of your podcast apps and listen as you normally do, or... You can support the show by becoming a subscriber to DNR Studios. DNR Studios is a collective of shows um, with Derek and Romaine, my old friends, at the helm. And uh, if you subscribe, you get my show two days earlier and you get all these other awesome shows that you can listen to, mostly gay-themed with fun people like Tom Goss and Derek and Romaine. There's the Focus Group. There's Adam Sank. All these great different shows. It's a cool collective that they've built there. And you can learn about it at dnrstudios.com. All right, that's enough for the plugs. Here now is my interview with dancer and choreographer, Lockie Brownlee. Joining me now via Zoom, it's Lockie Brownlee. He's a dancer and a choreographer, and he's somebody that I follow on Instagram. I'm a big fan, and you've got a fun project coming up next week. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, I want to be you when I grow up, even though I'm probably decades older than you. Because you are like a pop dancer. You work with all the divas. Like, that's what I wanted to be. I auditioned for the Blonde Ambition Tour. This is a true story. Yes, I got cut right away. But Madonna was there. And the whole experience was so surreal and fun to me that I wrote an article about it. And I sold it. And that's how I became a writer. Because Madonna rejected me. So you got to live the dream that I always wanted. And I have lots of questions. So... First of all, talk to me about Strut. What what exactly yes. is it? Yes, yes, yes. So I've created um, a boys' dance review for Strut Nightclub or Strut Bar and Club um, in the OC. It's called Brolesque. So it's a fun little twist on um, the burlesque kind of like scene, but also, you know, boys kind of replacing the the girls in a in a burlesque show i guess you could call it um a chance for you know dancers to be the stars um of a show like this and you know it's kind of like i wanted to put a little twist on the the drag shows too and kind of like put some you know male dancers in their spot and kind of show off their talents and their bodies and and just you know have the the gays drool over them (laughs) i'm all in so it's kind of got that Broadway Bears vibe, um, yeah. very sort of sexy. Uh, are you mm-hmm. dancing in it or are you just choreographing? I am. I am going to be in it. I wasn't originally going to be in it, and then I kind of, um, you know, just was like, why not? You, you got to be in it. You got to be in it. I know. I know. So I'm going to be acting as the host, the host and the MC. So I'll be like doing a few of the group numbers and then kind of like pushing the crowd to. So, you know, really get in there and to, to tip those boys and to, you know, scream and yell and, and just keep the energy up. 
I love it. What kind of music are you doing? What kind of numbers? Each soloist comes out in a theme. So the, the whole kind of idea of the show is, you know, your gay fantasies um, coming to life. So, you know, we all had those those fantasies of, you know, the sailor and yes. the cowboy yes. and the policeman and, you know, that kind of like real just kind of fun gay fantasy. So it's kind of like bringing a few of those characters to life. So each boy, you know, does this, does a number and, you know, there's a mixture of different songs in each of them, but there's, you know, some fun pop stuff. There's some fun disco stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like, it just kind of like all goes with the theme and it's very theatrical. I'm come from a theatrical background, so it's campy, fun, gay <laughs> theater. <laughs> like, like kind of Magic Mike, but really for, guy, for gays. Like, we're leaning into that. We're not pretending it's not percent. about that. A thousand percent. <sighs> I am so With into Magic it. Magic Mike for the gays. And that's really another thing that, yeah, that I kind of wanted to, you know, play on the, the Magic Mike, you know, the kind of the whole thing is doing so well. And it's obviously for the, for the women. But where's our version? You know, right. where's our version? So I love here it. it is. There's a song by Taylor Swift <laughs> on the Lover album that whenever I hear it, I decide that I'm like in Flashdance and this is my song that I do to, I don't know why, there's something about this song that has a story, I find it so sexy and I just do a little thing around my room. Uh, Cruel Summer, I'm a, do you know that song? Yeah. I feel like it's an unsung gem. It's like the best <laughs> song. So um, someday, you know, I want to, I don't know, bring that to life somehow. You can run with that. Yeah, as a, as yeah, a, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I love it. So tell me about Strut. What kind of it's is it? It's a gay club. You're t- you're it's a gay, gay club. club. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, so it's in Costa Mesa, um, in the OC, and it's actually run by a dear friend of mine, Luke Nero, um, who is also Australian. But what I love about it too, and which is why something I kind of approached him early on to do something there was it's got a great stage, and it's you know it, it does look like a theatre. It kind of they have lights that light up the proscenium, and it kind of you know it really looks like you're at this kind of like small little theater so that was one of the main interests into wanting to put something there cabaret that 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 kind of musical is a very you know imprinted in my mind kind of that a dirty character that keeps sure. the crowd going and you know throws in those you know gay innuendo jokes in there and then you kind of got your boys coming and kind of performing and yeah it's kind of a yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting I'm, i love it i love it you and i collaborated on a project but we didn't overlap but we worked on the same project um, I was a writer on RuPaul's Gay for Play game show, and you were one of the dancers on that show, were you not, or am I mistaken? Uh, I was. Yes, no, I was. I was on Gay for Play. So fun. That was a, a really fun... It was a fun gig to work on? Yeah. I in our little booty shorts. Our yeah, you were all in shorts. your little gold booty <laughs> shorts, and they were like, it was my favorite part of the show. I was like, oh, they have dancers. Because I had, I had uh, written a bunch of questions, and then I left the show because I had to go... I was putting up a show on a cruise ship, whole other thing. But anyway, I came back and I got to go to the set one day. Work. And it was like, oh my gosh, they have dancers. This is my dream. So um, <laughs> I wish it had gone, I wish it had gone longer. Um, growing up in Australia, dance is a I big play. thing there. I, I, is that right? Because I, I used to dance on cruise ships and a lot of the best dancers from Australia. Yes. Yes. Dancing in Australia is huge. Um, I'm also from Tasmania, so I'm from the small little island under Australia. Right on. Um, and dancing is also very big there. But when I was growing up, it was obviously I was kind of one of the I was really only one of the boys that one of right. the only boys that was dancing, and so I didn't have a lot of 
didn't have a lot of peers, boys dancing. So that was, you know, obviously came with difficulties and stuff like that with bullying and, and just kind of like really, um, but, you know, the, the community to understand that dance was for everyone, not just for girls in, you know, tutus and ballet types. Right. So, yeah, I definitely, um, you know, had my fair share of struggles growing up doing dancing. But, um, but in general, it is such a big thing in Australia and, and the work, um, cruise ship work is a huge part of our, um, you know, growing up, I guess, kind of, that's your first job. Um, right. Did you, know, you a lot do of dance it? from Australia, they go on there for their first, you know, job. I actually haven't done a cruise ship. No, I haven't done a cruise ship. Um, right. I didn't go in that path or I kind of, my first job straight out of performing arts school was Wicked the Musical in Melbourne. So I was lucky enough to go into like the theatre right. world straight away. So, yeah, but cruise shipping is, is a big part of Australian life for dancers. I think a lot of dancers, and you mentioned this, get picked on growing up, especially boys. Um, I came to it later, like college, but it was still like a thing. Like I would go to classes, I'd be the only guy. Um, mm. Did you ever think about quitting or did you always have mm. like the strength mm. of like, I love this, I'm sticking with it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could have easily quit. And I, there obviously would have been so many moments to quit I, that I didn't really have a big like friend base in the kind of outside of school and the kind of my school life and so my whole everything my friends what I love to do um my family was also involved like my sisters were involved in dance like everything was revolved around dance and dance studio so I think that I just knew that that was my safe place that was my place where I belonged and so like if I was to get rid of that and to quit you know I wouldn't really have anything else so it was really tied to your identity um yeah, it was. Yeah. And I loved it. You know, dance and music is just in, so ingrained in me um, that just like, I just don't think that I would have ever been able to actually quit, you know? How has TikTok and Instagram changed the game for dancers, working dancers like yourself? It's a, it's a constant battle, I think, us professional dancers have with the medium. Um, right. That, you know, it's amazing and it's brought dance to, it's brought dance to so many people who aren't dancers and to people who probably never have put themselves into a dance situation or environment, which is amazing. Um, but you know, on the other hand, it's kind of then, you know, you kind of doing these small dances in a very small space doesn't feel as authentic as these and that kind of stuff. So, but, but it's a, it's a great, it's a great um, opportunity for the young dancers to kind of get seen and to make a lot of money. There's a lot of money in that world. Um, and I mean, it's just, you got to go with the flow, right? We're now moving into this, you know, media that's kind of like controlling our lives. So you either go with it or you get left behind. When you go on auditions, do they ever say how many followers do you have on Instagram? How many? Is that a factor or is it just what can you do? Yeah, it is now. It is now. It's definitely, Ooh. you know, with castings, I haven't put it on my resume, but I'm sure these younger kids who are now, you know, coming in the game are probably being told to like probably put it on their resume somewhere. But it is. It's, it, they do ask for it now. Was ballroom ever a thing for Crazy. you? Did you ever do much ballroom? It wasn't. It yeah. wasn't. And when I was younger, I didn't, you know, I, I definitely take take this back now but I just, it just wasn't familiar to me and I just didn't kind of like pay attention to it or kind of really appreciate it I think right. it's a better word now I'm like oh damn I really wish I had some you know salsa grooves in me or some like latin flavor or you know what I mean like I really yeah. wish I had that style in my body um to kind of whip out <laughs> yeah and those dancing with the stars people those 
those are solid gigs. Like they seem like great gigs. Solid. Oh my god, that's solid gigs. I mean, getting on those Dancing with the Stars shows as a contract, it's like, yeah. hello, right? Yeah. Do you like to teach? Do you enjoy it? I do. I love. I love teaching. I've been teaching since I was. 14 um back again in tasmania i was probably one of the you know dancers that was doing the most and so committed to it and kind of like really putting myself out to getting the most training from so many different parts of australia and different choreographers so then i was obviously bringing that knowledge that i was learning back you know in australia um back to tasmania and i would be teaching um younger people or people a little bit older than me i used to choreograph for like amateur music societies and like so i've always been kind of like in the teaching role and the older i get the more i like love it um i love seeing you know the kids who are now hungry and want to do what i have done um look up to me and kind of like really take on all that knowledge that i'm kind of giving them giving them and um yeah it really does it's a really fulfilling um you know thing to do now that i'm older (laughs) <laughs> do you know any fun classes in LA to take for, you know, people that like to dance that have done it, but we're over the hill. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's not super competitive. I do. And it's been something that I am actually trying to like create my own, like do my own class, yes. you know, and kind of just have like this it. kind of like semi beginner, but also yeah. for people that just like aren't taken too seriously. Beginning of next year, I will have a date. So All right. I'll, I'll watch know. for it on Instagram. I take group yeah. three, Benjamin yeah. Allen. I don't know if you know that program hip hop. Uh-huh. I love Ben. Yes. Ben is yes. one of my yes. best yes. friends. That's I how I got ben. back into. To, I know he's the best. That's who yeah, I did the recitals the with, Ben Allen. So, ah, yeah. I've got it. Okay, right. We got to, I got to do the slave for you choreography. I got to do the if choreography. Yes. It was like I'm 50 and living yes. my dream. Yes. I was like, I was like in my fifties, and I was like, "Are you going to come to my recital?" I was like a fourteen-year-old girl. I'm like, I have a recital. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, because it's, rhinestoning the night before. Yes, I was like, "What am I going to wear?" I don't like this tank top. I got to get better jeans for "Love Don't Cost a Thing." These aren't right. They're too light. It's a whole thing, you know. Oh my god, I love it. I do. I do. Yeah, you've been on some major tours, huge tours. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. dream. I would love, like, that in another life, I want to be you. So. I'm going to throw out a few t- tours, and if you if you like this idea, tell me your favorite moment or whatever comes really, to mind. Yeah, I okay, got really All right. <laughs> you, Katy Perry, which tour were you on or tours? So I did Katy Perry's California Dream Tour. Yes, you did. Um, and her the Prismatic best. World Tour, right? And her Prismatic World Tour. Right on. So two of them. And, I mean, there were so many amazing moments. I mean, those, those two tours toured for two years both of them almost, you know, uh, both of them like two years each. So there was a lot, you know, we see a lot of countries, we see a lot of cities, we see a lot of people. Um, so it's just like, re- it's really hard to pinpoint some, you know, really amazing moments. But um, I think the first time performing in Australia with on California Dreams Tour, performing in Australia, knowing that my parents and my whole family was in the audience and at the end of fireworks, we did this mo- movement where it's like, like you know, we you know spread our hand out and it's from the bottom up to the top, like a, like a big firework going up into the air. And I could just, I got like teary eyed and I got so like emotional thinking yes. that like my parents were in the audience and I was living my dream and I was doing what I always wanted to do with this big artist and in front of like, you know, whatever the like 15, 16, 20,000 people. And it was just like, that was a moment that I'll always cherish and remember um, for, for sure. Yeah. I love it. Two thoughts. I went to that concert by myself because nobody wanted to go, but I'm like, I'm going to trust the universe. I get there and like somebody I know, a good friend of mine is like in the row in front of me. So I was, I, it was like meant to be a lot of colorful wigs in the crowd. All the people in the crowd were wearing crazy wigs. 
That was my other takeaway. Yeah. Um, my other thought <laughs> is I interviewed Katy Perry once for a magazine, and right. I asked her about firework, and because it meant a lot to a friend of mine. And, and she goes, you know, and I've always, I've always thought of this. I always remember this. She goes, I feel like I'm doing the right thing when I'm singing that song. Mm. Isn't that nice? It's such such a beautiful song. Um, You worked with J-Lo, hardest working woman in show business. Oh, my gosh, yes, I did. And the hardest show I've ever done, I think. It's hard, right? Because she's not going to phone it in. No, she doesn't. It's like you've got to match her energy. She's at 150%. You've got to match that every night. Yeah. Did you have a favorite number or favorite part of that show? Uh, favorite number, I mean, waiting for tonight was fabulous because we got to kind of like gay it out a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, definitely, um, get right was an yeah. amazing number to do. It's such an iconic, um, song, especially with the movement. And it was just, yeah, it's such, such a, such a nice vibe to do that one. I love it. All right. Um, Taylor Swift, you worked with Miss Taylor. I did. I worked with Miss Taylor. What did yeah. you work on? Which, uh. I did the red. I did the red tour. Yeah, um, which was in between California Dreams tour with Katie and right. in between the Prismatic World tour with Katie. Yeah. Oh my God, were you in the center of that feud? That feud that's not a yeah. feud anymore. Yeah. Oh my I gosh, was. you were ground zero, <laughs> but they brought it together was, yeah. as a hamburger and fries. Finally, oh my God, it took how many years? Yeah. Did I don't need to dish that up? But that, that was a, that was not that was a thing. That wasn't a not a thing. It was a thing. It was a thing, and we were stuck in the middle of it for, I think, no, well, definitely for no reason, you know, and it was just unfortunate that that's, you know, how things were portrayed and, you know, ended and friendships were lost. And, it was a thing. So, yeah. I was involved in a labor thing like that, and there were like nine of us. Like, were you a group that were kind of in the middle, or was it like one or two people? Yeah, there was three of us, so wow. three dancers. Oh, man, yeah. that, it's, I've been in a situation like that, totally unrelated, but it's bigger than you, but you're stuck. Yeah, I, I, yeah, stuck in it. Yeah, I'm sorry that yeah. you were you were in the middle of that. But, um, <laughs> but it's good. Everyone's friends now. Yes. We're all everyone's back. So we all you know, saw the video. Happy, happy, yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite Taylor moment on stage? Uh yeah, I actually haven't even been asked this, I don't think. There was a moment that she um, thought she had lost her tooth when she she thought she'd, she'd hit her mouth with her microphone during trouble and she thought she'd, like, lost her, like, two front teeth or, like, one front yeah. tooth or, like, something fucking super dramatic. And so, like, it was the moment where it kind of, like, the music breaks down and she's, like, on the floor and she's singing the slow part and we're all standing around her, like, in a frozen kind of, like, strong pose. Yeah. And she's, like, singing, but she's, like, touching her mouth and, like, feeling around, trying to see if she was, like, lost. And she was, like, looking at us, like, you know, can you see anything? Like, and it was, it was just, like, such a scary moment because, you know, like, those moments on stage when you're with an artist and then you have to think quick and you have to be like, okay, yeah. what are we going to do if, some, if this is the situation? Luckily, her two front teeth were still in her mouth and nothing was nothing had happened did you so know when she situation. was looking at you that that's yeah. what she thought did you know that there was a tooth thing or you just knew something was well weird? she was touching her ah. she was touching her yeah, yeah she was so touching her mouth so we were just kind of like you know we we're imagining yeah those microphones are full metal you know what i mean yeah. so it's like they're waving those things around and with dance movement it's easy to you yeah. know to have that to happen it could happen you worked with britney yeah, Britney Spears, I did. I was doing her Vegas residency, the, the one that never made it to the light of day. <laughs> to yeah, stage. I saw um, your post on it yeah. on Instagram. It was heartbreaking. That was... It was. Yeah. 
Um, she was my idol, and that's similar to what you were saying, how you got to audition for Madonna, and even just, you know, having Madonna in front of you, auditioning is just such a, like, you know, thing to take away. I was, got in, got, I got to the, the, the callbacks, and it was, Brittany came to the callbacks, and she was sitting right in front of me, and I was happy to for that to be the last moment. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I, I got to a point where I was like, even if I don't book this job, I'm so fulfilled that, Britney, I got to dance in front of Britney because she was my idol. She was the reason why a lot of my, you know, a lot of the dreams that I dreamt, you know, were there. And I, you know, just wanted to be her backup dancer for the longest time. And so that was a really special moment for me. And you got the gig. And I got that. And then I got the gig. And then I was doing like iconic dance and dances and I was doing Slay with her. I was doing oh. Hit Me Baby One More Time. The Slay for You like, choreography. The break. Oh, oh, yeah, the break. When I finally learned that for real, I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's yeah. happening. And yeah. I've said this before on the podcast and my listeners will be like, we know. Britney's style of movement is my favorite to watch. I love the way she moves. I don't know if it's a cheerleader thing. I don't know what it is. But it is my favorite. And I love yeah. I love Madonna. I love J-Lo. All of them. I love the way Britney moves. And you kind of yeah, have that same I style. I could tell she was a big influence. She was a big influence. I mean, I used to study those music videos. Like, it's just, you, you're right. She does, she has this kind of like, this way of her. And it was also like her influences as her choreographers, you know, back in the day too. You know, she had the Brian Friedman, she had the Wade Robson, she had the, you know, Andre Fuentes. Like all of these choreographers were huge influences in her uh, choreography and also just in her dances. And that's obviously what I was watching and kind of like really idolizing was these dances, these backup dances. So I have a lot of them um, and her in, in me and my training. Yeah, that's for sure. Do you have a favorite memory from working on that project before, you know, before it got canceled? Yeah, so one of my favorite uh, memories from the, 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 the show that never got to stage uh, was when we were, you know, we'd been in rehearsals for a couple of weeks and we'd already learned a few routines and then we have, you know, that one day where the artist comes in. So Brittany was coming into this one day and we we're going to go through all the routines that, you know, we had learned. She'd been practicing on the, you know, with another person on the side. And it was, we did our, the number, I think it was like a Hit Me Baby One More Time and another song remix. And, you know, it was like doing this choreography and having Britney like right smack bang in the middle and just going, oh my gosh, that's actually Britney, not an impersonator, right? not a drag queen, not a, you know, a, a dance school recital version of the song. Like it is actually Britney dancing in this number in front of me and I am gagging. You know, I had goosebumps. I was just like so happy, so proud. So, you know, all those all those emotions were going through my body at the moment and it was just like such a, a, a time of pure joy and just like this is, I'm living my dream. Like it was the real moment of life. I am living one of my childhood dreams. So I'll always remember that. I love it. Uh, you also worked with Cher. I don't know if you toured with her, but I did see a, a, a picture on Instagram. What did you What did you do with Cher? Did you tour? Yeah, I just did um, a, a, a one number on, I think it was America's Got Talent. Um, it was a real quick, short moment, which I wish was longer. Um, I would love to dance with Cher. I would love to tour with Cher. I would love to just be in those amazing costumes that she has and those just hear those songs every night and to perform with her. So, I mean, I've only done one little small show with her. Um, America's Got Talent, but I would, you know, hopefully there's, hopefully she comes back to the stage. And Cher doesn't have to have the youngest dancer. Some of her guys are a little, which I like. I'm like, oh, that's why why I'm like, I think I, I think I, 
Yeah, I think I have a shot. <laughs> I'm gonna go, uh, you know, That's the I way think. I feel. <laughs> when I was discovered dance, like college, there was this video of Cher uh, doing a show in HBO, Cher a celebration at Caesars, and I VHSed it, and I played it over and over again, and these boy dancers in it. There was a guy named Peter Tram who was the blonde guy that was in the Sharp Dressed Man video on ZZ Top. And I was like, I want to be that guy. First of all, he was beautiful. And then sadly, he, I found out later he died of AIDS. But he was like that guy. I was like, that, that. And they would dive into the shoe. I want to be mm-hmm. a boy dancer in a number where the woman is dominant and she walks all over you and you're, you're kind of like her sex slave. And yeah. you're so like, supple. Yeah. maybe you lift her. I don't know. You looked up to Britney, but were there guy dancers where you would look and go, that, like that, that's me. Who was your Peter yeah. Tram? Oh, of course. Um, well, I mean, I wanted I wanted to be Brian Friedman. Um, yeah. I wanted to have his hair too. He sure. has his like curly, amazing hair, and also um, Nick Flores, who actually ended up being the choreographer for Katy Perry for all those tours and jobs I did. So I actually worked with Nick, who was a huge kind of like you know idol for me growing up too. Um, I, I, it was funny. I've worked with all these people I looked up to, you know, Gilbert Savadar. I like looked up to him on the Christina, like stripped tour stuff. Um, uh, who like just Andre Fuentes as well with all the Britney stuff, like all these people that I looked up to and I ended up, uh, Brooke Lipton, who I've just been working with recently. She was one of the girl dancers on Britney, but I used to just love her, like attack of her energy and just her vibe. So all these, all these dances that I like idolized. And I was like, never in a million years would I thought, what I think that I would, you know, be, you know, doing the job that they were doing, but also like dancing with these people also or learning from them. So, you know, I definitely look back and go, holy, holy, how did all that happen? You know, uh, I know you're Australian. Do you have a Kylie thing? I didn't see her on your Insta, but I didn't scroll all the way back. Yeah, I, I love I, I love a Kylie moment. I've never sure. worked with Kylie either. I auditioned for Kylie just before I auditioned for Katie. Right. Um, but I was not as ripped and body conscious as I am now. I was a little bit more of a twinkie boy, so it just didn't. It wasn't the right time. Um, but I would love to dance with Kylie. I'd love to, you know, do one of her amazing show spectaculars. Yes. Um, she's always bringing the looks and the boys and the, yes. the hotness and the costumes the and the nakedness and the, and the videos. Like, There's always a million yeah, of them. They're always in like speedos. Disco was my pandemic album. I played, I wore it, ah. I wore it out like out. crazy. <laughs> um, so tell people again how they can see your show, Bro Less. Yes. Come see the show. It's Friday. If you are living in Los Angeles or if you're in the OC area or anywhere um, and you want to fly in, come see it. Fly it's going to be a strut. Fly in. It's strut, OC, Costa Mesa. Um, doors open at 9 o'clock, shows at 10 o'clock. Um, it's no cover. It's just we're just trying to pack this place out. It's the first time we're doing the show, so we're really just kind of testing out this formula. We think it's going to be a hit. I know it's going to be a hit. It's definitely going to turn into hopefully maybe a weekly thing or even a monthly thing. And who knows, if it gets super popular, maybe we'll have to tour it around and take it to some other gay venues in America. I love that. Maybe, you know, a drag show first and then burlesque. Like, they can kind of go together. I feel like for a long time, I I, I have a lot of friends who are male gay singers and stuff, and gay Mm -hmm. guys don't always support their own artists. They they like Mm -hmm. the divas. They go to Ariana Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I think that might be changing, and I think, like, something like this can be part of that yeah. whole club, drag, sexy guy yeah. milieu yeah. and succeed and be... I mean, bitch. who doesn't love seeing a boy in a G-string I mean, who knows how to work his body, knows how to dance, they're yes. entertaining, looks gorgeous, and, you know, they're right up dancing right up on you. 
Yes, you, I love it. I love it. And you're also on Instagram. You can see his videos, yeah. his fun stuff. Um, here's my final question. Why do you dance? Why do I dance? I, I just love it. Like, there's something in me that I was lucky to have. I don't know if I was born with it or just what it, what it, I don't know what it is, but as soon as I hear music and I feel some lights and, uh, you know, stage lights on me, I just, I just, it, the, it just, the, the dance takes over my body. I don't know what it is. It's just like this movement that is so ingrained in me and, I just love it. I love the connection between dance and music and how it makes you feel and, you know, the escapism of it all. And it can kind of be your way to express what you might not be able to say or, you know, just kind of like it's just an amazing, amazing art form. And, yeah, I'm just so lucky that I can do it for a living. Well, I admire you. I think you're awesome. Um, I'm not going to be able to make Broless this time. I have another thing, but I hope you do it again and I will yes. definitely, definitely come and see it. It's amazing. Thank you so much for having so me. So fun it's talking to you. All right. Take yes. care. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Lockie Brownlee. Go see Brolesque at Strut Nightclub on Friday the 18th in Costa Mesa. Hopefully they'll be doing it again, touring. I want it to be a thing. Uh, it's right up my alley. All right. So this happened. I was a nervous person about the election. You know, we were all hearing the red wave stuff and all of that stuff. And I'm very happy with the way things turned out and we're still finding things out. But um, the person that helped get me through it uh, is a gay guy named Brian Derrick. I don't know if you guys have seen him on Instagram. It's D-E-R-R-I-C-K, I think. But anyway, he's this young gay guy, very cute. And he really knows his stuff about politics and um, you know, the trends in the election and who's running and what, all of it, right? And he was such a great source of information. And he did this great thing a few weeks out from the election where he was like, look, if you're going to donate, these are the elections that are underfunded that, that could really win. This is where you can make a difference. He has this great organization called Oath. And when uh, something went uh, the Democrats' way on on Tuesday night, he does dances, and it's just the best. So if he's not on your radar, I think you should check him out. Uh, I learned a lot about what was going on. I feel like I put my resources to better use because I follow him. And also, he's just fun and upbeat and positive. And there's so much doom and gloom around politics that um, he's just a breath of fresh air. And he's delicious. He's so cute. Anyway, maybe he could be in Brolesque. He could be in Brolesque. Everything's coming together. All right, that's enough for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to AJ Sousa for mixing the episodes, JB Bercy for his additional technical support. My theme music is by Mark Daniels for Placement Music. You've been listening to Dennis, anyone. I will see you next time. Bye! Bye!